Welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Jackie. And I'm Danielle, and we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees re-watching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we are talking about the 2003 DCOM, The Cheetah Girls, with our wonderful guest, Anjali. Welcome. Hello. Welcome back. If you want to get to know Anjali a little bit better, please pause and check out her trailer. And if you haven't listened to our season two episode of Ease by You with her, you should also check that out. But before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping. If you love the podcast and you want to support us, here's a few ways you can. Did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners? If you want to be featured and help us grow, head to your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a review. And make sure you hit subscribe to our show so that you can get notifications when our podcast episodes come out. And if you want exclusive content, stickers, lives, and access to our Burned Aunts Spotify playlist, head over to patreon.com slash no more late fees and become a Patreon bestie. Now into the movie. Let's talk about Cheetah Girls. As the Cheetah Girls, four New York teens are gearing up to rehearse for the school talent competition. They're discovered by famous record producer Jackal Johnson. But Jackal wants to remake them into something they're not. Ultimately, the path to stardom challenges their friendship, and the girls must find a way to come together in order to achieve their dreams. And it may have something to do with a little pup. Starring Raven, Simone, Adrian B- Bailon, Keely Williams, Sabrina Bryan, Kyle Schmidt, and Lynn Whitfield. The movie was directed by Oz Scott, ooh, ooh, Black director, based on The Cheetah Girls by Deborah Gregory, written by Allison Taylor, and you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. But before we start, let's get into our Ratings Rewind. So you know the drill. Before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves we give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Nah, okay, but nothing to write home about. And same day rental. Trash. Straight up trash. All right. Anjali, we'll start with you. What is your Y2K rating of Cheetah Girls? 10 out of 10. 10s across the board. (laughs) Love this movie. Would buy it again is what we're hearing. (laughs) Yes, would buy it again (laughs) a thousand times. (laughs) So, surprising detail. I have never, I had never seen this movie before. Ever. I think I saw like little bits This was when I was out of Disney Channel life. I was getting drunk somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it was a little... So I know both my sisters, my younger sisters, like this was their jam. My my younger sister, Serena, was very happy to watch this with me. I had no idea she was like this into it. So yeah. Yeah. I I was like, okay, I've seen bits and clips of this. I kind of know enough from seeing a lot of stuff on the internet, but I realized I had never really fully seen this movie. So 
it's going to be an interesting episode because seeing it without the nostalgia is as a different beast. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I have also never seen this movie before. Like Danielle, it was a little past my time. I, I, I was into like the early decoms that weren't really decoms. They just aired on Disney channel. So those wonderful world of Disney movies, like yes. the president's daughter. Yes. Those yes. were our jam. We're old millennials. Well, <laughs> elderly millennials. I still watch those too. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel, why don't you tell us a little bit about the box office? So since this is our very first TV movie, there is no box office, but there are ratings, and boy, were they delicious. They The movie premiered with 6.5 million viewers. I mean, it is damn near impossible to get those kind of numbers nowadays, because obviously we have so many choices, and we can watch it whenever we want. So to get that many eyeballs at one time is a lot. The DVD sold over 800,000 copies. And the soundtrack went to number 33 on Billboard 200 and was a certified double platinum album. Damn. I just remember, because I did watch Disney Channel, I just didn't watch DCOMs for some reason. Mm -hmm. I remember the promo where it was like the red carpet or whatever color, the cheetah color carpet or whatever. And they interviewed these little girls and they like... They seemed like they were in a cheetah girl fog and they were literally just like cheetah girls, cheetah power, like, like it had taken over their personality. No one paid for cheetah zombies to be here, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's what I remember. And anytime anyone says cheetah girls, that's what lives rent free in my head is just a cheetah girls, cheetah power. <laughs> All I get every time I hear it, I just think of girl power from the Spice Girls. Like it mm. feels very aligned there, obviously. And if you think of Scary Spice, she did love wearing her wonderful animal prints. Yes, she did. Uh, <laughs> but I think we were when we were talking about the movie in um, your trailer episode, you mentioned that this was like one of the first musicals and it was I think it was the first decom musical I mean obviously Disney is known for their musicals and, and animation so it like you couldn't have a high school musical without Cheetah Girls mm -hmm. you just because it paved the way essentially and I think this is the second partnership or second movie that producers Whitney Houston and Deborah Martin Chase Deborah Martin Chase did because I think they did the Princess Diaries first. Yep. Yep. Um I can't imagine what kind of movies we would have what we would have been able to see Whitney Houston do after yeah. a few because she was making bops yes. back after back. I know Anne Hathaway said in an interview when she did one time that Whitney was a very hands-on producer and like if there was a scene that Anne wasn't quite getting Whitney even though I don't think like acting was Whitney's thing but she would step in and be like what do you need help with like how can I talk you through this scene what do you need out of this scene and I think that's the kind of producer you really want on set it's fun to have somebody just throw money at your project but Whitney cared right and I think that's what 
I loved about Whitney being a producer. I just wanted Whitney to just be on set and give everybody on set that love that we just kind of knew she had. Yeah. You ready? Yep. I am ready. I'm going to need a lot of help because... Yeah, Anjali, you can drive this whole episode. (laughs) Listen, I could talk about the Cheetah Girls for hours. I just talked to my mom right before we started recording. And I was like, yeah, I'm about to go on my podcast. She goes, oh yeah, what movie are you talking about? I forgot. And I was like, the Cheetah Girl. She goes... I'll call you in five days. I know you're busy. (laughs) (laughs) You know I'm going to talk about it forever. (laughs) So the movie opens and the Cheetah Girls are performing at a party. It looks like (laughs) some some of the locations are kind of low budget. They're just there. Yeah. (laughs) And people are there and there's fruit punch there. And lemonade. <laughs> so they're having the performance of their lives, but then Aqua's heel gets stuck. Is that mm-hmm. correct? And they're tripping over themselves a little bit, getting laughed at. But it's okay. They're going to brush it off. They're going to be on top of their game for the talent show that's coming mm-hmm. up. I, I just want to know, I know we're probably to bring it up, but Who's the costume designer and how did they fuck up Cheetah with Leopard? <laughs> it's literally in the brand name. It's in the brand name. And honest, there's probably an aspect of laziness. And they're like, whatever's closest because no one's really going to pay attention. We did. We paid attention. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I will give them this. The covers of the books were typically pink blue yellow and purple Mm -hmm. and so the idea was to keep the girls in those four colors not necessarily one girl being assigned a certain color until the end of the movie but they consistently as a costume designer kept the girls in pink blue purple yellow so they did some amount of costume work the whole leopard thing I still don't get (laughs) yeah the amount of cheetah puns there's lots of growling growl (laughs) power please stop but i feel like they set a precedent because after this so many i mean well i think the first time actually we noticed it was in bring it on where they started doing like you put the cheer in or whatever but after this, you see it in Glee, you see it in Pitch mm-hmm. Perfect, yep. where they definitely are making up these freaking words. Yep. So I, I could see, a f- like, bring it on. I could see Spice Girls being, like, the predecessors, but because of this movie, we got more of this shit later on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad because I am a Gleek all the way. If it was in our time frame, I would definitely dedicate an episode to my <laughs> obsession to Glee at one point in life. I was hooked on crack for real. (laughs) So now let's see. Oh, and Chanel hit the high C. So there was a win for the day. (laughs) Chanel was carrying them songs. She was. Yeah. So to give you a little backstory about the party, it's actually her little brother's birthday party. It's Chanel's little brother's birthday party. That we never see. That we we never see twice little maybe three times was that his name i think poochie is his character's name which i always find hilarious because poochie and chanel are both 
fashion design houses yeah and their mom's a model so I'm like oh come on that's crazy <laughs> but um I, so I think the high C was maybe her being a little nervous that like she's gonna have to perform in front of her dad and her brother and all of her friends and da-da-da. so that was when she gets her little I did huh I'm like yeah you did I'm so proud of you <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back now because I was telling my sister that she the that she has a brother and she's yes. like where and I was like yes they've been referencing him yep. they've been talking about him I ain't seen them though yep. but yep. so you <laughs> so see now him, I have to go back you see him at the beginning because it's his birthday party you see him when they're auditioning for the talent show and then you see him at the very end of the movie doesn't have any lines it's like a split second with him and his dad uh, the so dad was I, in it too yes so short <laughs> I love this okay so Chanel's dad is in the first scene very briefly. He's sitting off to the side at a table and again, has no lines. And then you see him at the very end of the movie holding on to Poochie because they're looking onto Toto who's in the manhole. So yeah, you very briefly see Chanel's dad. And it drives me insane when I rewatch the movie because in the first scene and the last scene that Chanel's dad is in, he's in the same costume. Oh, Damn. he just had one day of shooting. <laughs> one costume. That's it. That's all he got. That's all that was in the budget. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so after the party, they're walking down the street, heading home. Chanel was with them, which is confusing now if it was her little brother's birthday. Why wasn't she staying to help clean up? So the way that they kind of play it off in the movie is that their dad takes Poochie and Chanel goes back to the mom's house because the dad's doing like extra celebration for Poochie's birthday. Um, oh, because they're divorced. Yes. Gotcha. Got it. Okay. Because I think uh, maybe like two or three scenes after this, Juanita, who's Chanel's mom, says Poochie's staying at your dad's place. You don't have to worry about him. Got it. I missed that. That's when I was telling Serena she has a brother because the mom is saying Poochie's staying at your dad's. <laughs> <laughs> and so the girls are talking about their dreams and aspirations and giving Grammy speeches. And then we find out that Aqua moved from Texas and apparently Texas is her whole personality down to the clothes she wears. Right. Correct. It's very stereotypical Texas. Yes. And she has no real Texas accent whatsoever. No. And I've lived in Texas for almost 17 years. And I've never seen anyone walking down the street in one of those skirts. It's that, awful. She, the, the skirts were also another thing that was just her personality. She was always in a big hoop skirt. Yeah, and I don't. I did they think antebellum South when they thought Texas? <laughs> right. Because I lived in Texas for ten years. Never wore a skirt like that. No. Ever. <sighs> she, her personality, and I guess it's because they melted these the two twins, and that's something we talked about in our trailer episode. That originally they're in the books. There's two. To their sisters, Aqua and what's the other sister's name? Angie. Right. And they decided they opted to not have Angie in the film. And so it feels like you're getting whiplash with her character because at first she seems kind of quiet and shy. And then at the end, she starts getting real fucking sassy. 
almost bitchy like yeah like and then it changes again in the second movie and then it changes again in the third movie they never decided on a personality trait for her other than texas and big skirts all it makes me say i think that lends itself to because she was a singer she wasn't an actress if they had casted an actress that could sing she would have had like direction and given her character more of a three-dimensional flesh out instead of okay i'm gonna read what's on the page yeah yeah that's true i just um, yeah she wasn't it was just so i really wonder what made them decide to do though both girls from that group because i I think adrian was better Mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder if Keely's mom was their agent that she almost made it like where <laughs> you you can't get one you have to get both kind of thing but not sort all of. three <laughs> yeah so it was sort of that situation so I think Naturi had already left the group she got into an argument with Keely that's the whole fried chicken incident if you don't yeah. know about it yeah so Naturi was already gone so it was just down to Adrian and Keely and I think Jessica was joining the group fairly soon for 3LW but Adrian got the job Adrian had wanted to be an actor she'd already been in a decom by the time she booked the cheetah girl she was in Buffalo Dreams so she was starting to act and that was something she wanted to do when the salon situation happened Keely was kind of next up on the list because there was this idea that had been pushed by Keely's agent. Hey, Adrian and Keely have been in a girl group for many years together. They work well together. They sound good together. It just kind of makes sense if you need somebody for this movie, Keely's available. Gotcha. So she was in the discount bin. (laughs) Well, (laughs) someone has to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And I hate that, like, Every time I see her, all I hear is tired of your broken promises. promises. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all I hear in my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now I have that st- song stuck in my head for the rest of the Cheetah Girls movie because I don't know any of the Cheetah Girls songs, but I know the right. 3LW song. Hello, no more late fees, besties. My name is Shalina, and I'm an avid listener of Jackie and Danielle's movie Rewatch Talks, who also has a podcast of her own. It's called Everything 90s Podcast, and it's a show I created to connect with fellow 90s kids by spending each episode reminiscing on anything and everything related to growing up in the 90s. Topics range from music, TV shows, movies, books, and games, just to name a few. So if you're interested, search Everything 90s Podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcast and give it a listen. Thank you so much and take care. Oh, and we also find out about Aqua, another random trait. She doesn't ride the subway. And I, I agree with that now. <laughs> well, After living here, she, I can't do it. She pulled a classic Danielle move, which is to pull out the baby wipes and wipe everything down before she touches it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was ahead of COVID before COVID. She okay. She had the big pack too, like with the plastic case. Mm-hmm you got to do what you got to do that shit is nasty okay yes (laughs) yes because people do not wash their hands no 
There are people on the internet. Don't even get me started. (laughs) Danielle rants about dirty people all the time. (laughs) Cleaning themselves often Mm -hmm. enough. Or I listen. I listen to people wherever I am. Watch like when they use the bathroom. I listen to see if they're washing their hands. I listen to how long they're washing their hands. I hear if there's a pump of that soap. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what kind of person you are. And yep. tells you I have everything you need to know. All I need to know. <laughs> I can't be with you. I can't eat your food. I can't know. And mm. people are already disgusting on the subway. Yes. Look, I have smelled some smells down there. It is underground. <laughs> I have seen some shit, literal shit. And then Aqua and Dorina is that right? Dorita Dorinda Dorinda I was gonna say Dorita (laughs) (laughs) my bad Dorinda she's gonna be Dorito for the rest of the episode (laughs) Uh, so they they head home and like you kind of know something's up with Dorinda Messed it up all episode long. (laughs) She has to get to her dance class and she's very adamant about it. And then we see the dance class finishes and then she's mopping the floor. So obviously she's hard up for money and she's working at the dance studio for to pay for her lessons. So Aqua and Dorinda leave and then Galleria. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and Chanel, they got that music in them and they just got to dance <laughs> in the middle of New York City on the street. So in the books, are the, so the, are those two like best friends and the other are like the other three in the books best friends too? Like, how does that end up going? Because this well, seems like babysitter's clubs. Friendships. A little bit. So I can't pinpoint certain things from the book because it's been so long since I read them, but Chanel and Galleria have been best friends since they were literal, like, in diapers. They have the whole Divas and Diapers line. They have been thick as thieves forever. In the books, Dorinda is younger than the other girls, so Dorinda's around 12 and the other girls are around 15. So it's not that they're not close to Dorinda. They just have very separate lives because Dorinda's a child, like a literal mm-hmm. child. Yeah. And then Aqua, because she just came from Texas, and Angie, because she just came from Texas, aren't as close to the other two girls or to the other three girls. So it just becomes a situation where they're all obviously friends, but there's an obvious kinship between Galleria and Chanel that puts the other girls kind of to the side. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily intended to be a big rift in their relationship it's just a big plot point for all of the books that the girls have to learn how to consistently come together as a group they've decided to become the cheetah girls they have to act as friends in order for the music to be good and because they know that they're going to be successful as a group you know a duo doesn't really do as much as like a, a trio would or a quadro would so it becomes a situation where in the books it's always come together at the end of it like be friends at the end of it we need friendship in order to make good music i like that and you see it a little bit in the movie because those two have nicknames for one another Mm -hmm. it's bubbles and chichu and bubbles yes yeah and then aqua and doe get stuck with aqua and doe which are just nicknames of their names so it's like that's lazy 
<laughs> okay. So um, I think the theme for this episode is it's lazy. lazy. It is. <laughs> so we see Galleria arriving home and she's so wrapped up in her cheetah girl's world she's forgetting to get her papa capers Mm -hmm. from the store she's forgetting to give uh adequate cancellation notes to her mom who's in uh, a seamstress Seamstress. and constellation jones was not happy (laughs) (laughs) the names in this movie are very creative I think my favorite was I liked Constellation Jones and then what is the teacher's name? Drink a champagne. Disco Diva Drink a Champagne. <laughs> I just feel like this movie like clearly these characters are pulled from the books and it's a black woman who wrote it and she is very fabulous girl. You know like mm-hmm. I yeah, 100% is. the name everything makes sense. Once I saw a video of the creator and just like who she was I'm like I get this yeah I know so many women from New York who give off the same vibe I could see that she probably made her own clothes figured her stuff out like you could tell her nothing kind of situation mm-hmm. but I think yes this might be a vague memory from the books but I think Dorothea who is Galleria's mom and Juanita who's Chanel's mom and Drinko were all friends in the late 70s maybe mid 70s they like met at Studio 54. It gives very much that. They've been best friends forever. And that's how they ended up being so close. But like all of their, even their jobs are very like New York. You yeah. can tell this is very New York based. And it doesn't like in the movie, it doesn't give the vibe like the mothers. They look cool mm-hmm. with each other, but they don't look close, you know? So the scene of the audition mm-hmm. Dorothea and Juanita are there I think in the second movie which is outside of you guys's parameters but in the second movie there's an idea that Dorothea is going to de- design Juanita's wedding dress so like there's little hints of it in the movie it's not as much as it would be in the books or if this was as fleshed out as it is in the books but I think it's supposed to carry over that aqua and doe are so separate that even their parents are separate from Mm. everybody else because we see aqua's dad for two seconds we probably i don't think we see his face i think you just see like his neck and the trench coat that he's wearing and then you see you know dorinda's adoptive mom for like two seconds but i think they were trying to like kind of drive that home a little bit that like Chanel and Galleria are so close that even their moms hang out together but like the other girls are just kind of off to the side yeah so Galleria's dad is Italian yes okay and it's very stereotypical Italian kind of situation going on here like Mm -hmm. I wonder if the actor himself is actually Italian (laughs) I think he is I think so. Mm. And her mom is getting on to her because she was supposed to be home to walk the dog mm-hmm. and she wasn't home to walk the dog totem. And her mom's like, I can't, I'm not going to continue doing your chores for you. You like need to get your butt home 
and take care of your responsibilities. Her mom is very trying to drive that point home. Like it's fine to have dreams, but you have to take care of your shit first yeah. before you go off gallivanting. <laughs> and the gallery really does not absorb that lesson. She's just like, all right, look, I left you a note. I just made a beat to it. And then she <laughs> sings with a Jamaican accent. <laughs> <laughs> She's very much head in the clouds. She <laughs> is. Um. So then they. Oh, uh, I wrote down cheetah chatter. Does her mom say that? Yes. <laughs> She's like coming up with this cheetah chatter. And then immediately the Italian father comes in singing an Italian opera. And you're like, okay, I see where she gets her talent from clearly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's really wonderful to see, like, this is probably one of the few times that we got to see like on TV or in a movie, a young black girl kind of being able to live in a fantasy kind of world, yeah. you know, be able to be just as ridiculous in her thoughts as all the other girls you see in the other movies. Mm -hmm. So I did enjoy that part of it, even though I was like, girl, you tripping, but it was, <laughs> it was still cute, you know? And so the next day the girls are walking to school, they're talking about how they're going to try out for the talent show and first place is time in a recording studio. And then like Galleria immediately starts snowballing. Like then we can create a demo and then we're going to get famous. Like she has a five-step plan and <laughs> it's all going to happen within like a month of them winning the talent show. It seems. And then we cut to, sorry, that wasn't when they were walking to school. That was still at Galleria's house. And then we cut to Chanel's house. She walks in and there's clothes all over, clothes flying out the closet. And that's when we meet her mom, Juanita, and, who is a model. And so they share clothes. And there is this mystery man, Luke, who Juanita is dating. Yeah, it's a very interesting life going on. Mom is like, she. you could tell she like, she loves, Juanita loves her daughter, but yeah. she is very much into this man. Yes. And she's like, here's some pizza money. Peace out. You know, I have places to be. I have. Yeah. You ain't going to stop this life. <laughs> and I'm all for that kind of parenting. hundred <laughs> percent. You can never accuse her of being a helicopter. Nope. Not at all. She's literally like, here's my credit card. Go shopping. My mom won't do that to me. And I'm 28. <laughs> right i have never held my mother's credit card let, let, let me take that back she did give me her rooms to go credit card once when i was looking for <laughs> my couch she probably knew it had like a 1200 limit <laughs> like, danielle can't do that much damage with this card she knows like i would never i would never do that i'm too scared of her <laughs> as it should be yeah <laughs> So now it's the next day at school. We have our growl handshake and we learn that the cheetahs are the fiercest in the jungle. Mm. <laughs> There's a lot of neck rolling in that scene. There is. Is this when they're in the cafeteria? Yes. Okay. Can we talk about, what's this man's name? Hold Kyle on. Schmidt. I know it's coming. Mackerel. Is that his last name? There. Oh, 
I think it's his first name. Oh, Mackerel is his yeah. first name? It says his name is Derek. Oh. Derek is Derek and then Mackerel's the best friend. Okay. Oh, the I see someone named Rick. I don't know who Mackerel is, but y'all know better than me. <laughs> but yeah, Derek. What I did a video on TikTok a while back where I was just like, is it just me or was this supposed to like go somewhere? And it really didn't. Like so upset. <laughs> they tease it's like they tease us with it. But mm-hmm. I read um that Raven, this was her first on-screen kiss. And she had such a, like, she could not stop laughing. And she felt like the director and the production were, like, kind of mad at her. But, I mean, this could have been a predecessor to the fact that she is a lesbian and was not comfortable with this at all. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, even just having your, forget sexual orient, you could still be very scared and nervous to have your very first kiss on screen in front of a bunch of people so i well, i get it what we're learning doing all of these episodes is that a lot of these young actresses not only is it like their first on-screen kiss it's their first kiss ever that they're having mm-hmm. to do yeah on screen so i can totally get where <laughs> maybe raven never kissed a boy before <laughs> yeah and kyle schmidt was like what is the problem here? Do you not find me attractive? I was like, okay, that was a very, a, like, very egotistical way of saying it. Yeah. yeah. But he was like, what's happening here? The chemistry <laughs> is chemistry, you know? Yeah. I and just now, was disappointed. Yeah. And I, I felt like the guy that played the love interest, his acting was fairly good. Like, I didn't have an issue with him. <laughs> and now he's i feel like he's a total smoke show have you seen a picture of him now that man looks good yeah he's one of those like teen stars or kids that were cute when they were young and freaking smoking hot when they got older it's a rarity and then his first decom that he did was alley cat strike which i think i love that one five years prior to the cheetah girls so by the time he did the cheetah girls that was a grown man yeah you're right (laughs) oh my god now his statement makes me creeped out but how old but raven was like in 19 or 20 i have the ages on here for all of the girls so keely was 17 raven was 18 sabrina was 19 and adrian was 20 but we've got to find out what kyle was because i'll look it up i have his profile up because i was looking up current (laughs) pictures of him (laughs) so at this point tell us what happens in the cafeteria anjali so they're in the cafeteria and derek comes up to galleria and asks to change their audition time because there's some type of conflict there galleria obviously being the leader of the group says how did everybody else feel because frankly i'm uncomfortable with changing our time which very much gives kind of, I'm in control, but I'm giving you guys an option. <laughs> the other girls are fine with it. So she has to concede, obviously. But there's a very adorable little, you know, you still my boo moment between Galleria and Derek, which obviously is code for, I think you're attractive. Very adorable. But then yeah. Derek and Mackerel get hit with a food tray and fall, which is supposed <laughs> to be embarrassing, but 
truthfully when they fall it's just a bunch of lettuce yeah you're fine just stand up you're okay (laughs) why was someone carrying a bunch of lettuce on a tray and it's supposed to be the awkward like you can tell the boy that they have to do this scene is thoroughly uncomfortable and is like do I have to hit them with my tray because there's a, a cut right between when it's supposed to happen and you can hear the smack of the tray and I don't think the effects were that good in 2003 so I'm <laughs> betting somebody actually got hit oh my. <laughs> it looks like he was 19 so we're good that's not so bad yeah okay cool. we're good. yeah they're the same age Everyone right? was legal. Or the year. there wasn't a huge age gap between okay so the next scene is the audition. So Juanita and Galleria's mom, I don't Dorothea. know. Dorothea. Dorothea are in the audience. For some reason, Toto's there. Right. Toto's got a Toto got a ride everywhere. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and then I wrote in my notes dancing to the sky because they're on a stage in an auditorium yet the dance starts out with them looking up at the camera and stuff i'm like mm-hmm. who are you performing for mm-hmm. in their heads they are in a whole other place jack we're just here it's for the, the ride grammys. yeah <laughs> it is the grammys and so and they all have white outfits with leopard print and, and everyone has their kind of like signature style outfit i'm like we're, I, I guess dorothea made the costumes for them yeah i have to assume and it's very tina knoll's destiny child yes vibes 100 percent. it is and then toto gets loose because they can't even keep track of this damn dog <laughs> and he hops on stage and starts dancing with them it's a whole vibe mm-hmm the dog was the best actor in this movie i'm just kidding i'm just kidding lynn whitfield 100 raven killed it but that dog was highly trained okay and oh drinka is crying because they're they are so good and she sees herself in all of them in different ways and then she's thinking about her washed up career she is I had a hit, champagne bubbles, and it's immediately like a drink and let the dream go. Let it go. <laughs> and so then Jackal Johnson walks in. Like, I'm sorry. Sorry, Jackie, but like, do you not have a real career that you're showing up to high school musical tryouts or uh, like what? It's so random and weird. And I was just like, someone called Chris Hansen because this seems like predator alert to me. And they kind of gotten like, a like I, I could see, this is going to sound terrible. He's not attractive. And so <laughs> I could see if the girls were like, ooh, like look at this guy. But he's not, He's just gross. He reminds me a lot of Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> that character. Despite the hair. <laughs> they should have had the guy who played Protozoa from um, the that Xenon movie. That would have been movie. so good. Yes. He would have been so much better. 
And Jackal Johnson just sounds like a villain's name. Yes. Yeah. I'd immediately be like, may I write about him? No. <laughs> no. No. And the way he, he frames it, he's like, I'm just coming back to my old stomping ground. Why? You have nothing else to do? You know who else used to go to their old stomping grounds? R. Kelly. <laughs> I think not. I think <laughs> old men should not be going to their high schools. Yes. You have an office. Stay there. <laughs> right. You have talent agents. Like you have people who are supposed to be scouring. You have mm-hmm. events that you should be creating. Not. Mm-hmm. I was in the neighborhood <laughs> like no <laughs> well and then we find out that he's been scamming on all of these little girl groups towards the yeah. end like you're like something's not right someone needs mm-hmm. to investigate <laughs> what's going on at this studio yep hello dateline i have a tip <laughs> <laughs> especially because he wants to put them in masks no immediately no immediately (laughs) i don't know what your fucking animal fetish is sir this shit is so weird and those masks were so creepy yes so creepy so yes jackal johnson comes in immediately offers them recording time and to discuss a contract and galleria is all over it yes Mm -hmm. my dreams are coming true i don't even have to perform in the talent show (laughs) write me my check right he goes zero to 60 real quick like baby girl you all are minors like he shouldn't have even been able to talk to them about this without legal representation or an adult around well i was thinking about that when they go to the recording studio and they just give the contract to dorothy i'm like she can't sign for all of them right she's not their guardian even the dance company was like, you need to get your foster mom to sign this so you can dance. Like, what are we doing, Dorothea? <laughs> I think maybe I assumed all the parents just said, okay, Dorothea can make the decision. That's the only thing that was like making sense to me. But she didn't um, even meet the foster mom till the end of the movie. They had a call. <laughs> The likelihood is that also Dorothea probably had the most expensive lawyer. So if anybody was going to take it to a lawyer to make sure the girls got exactly what they needed, it was going to be Dorothea. But yeah, that's her true. overzealous daughter is like, mommy, give me this contract. I'm just going to sign it. Nope. So, but then Gallerina, Galleria then immediately starts taking credit for everything. Everything turns up. Yeah. I wrote Cinderella. I did this, blah, blah, blah. So all the other girls immediately start side eyeing her like and chanel's the only one who's really like sticking up for oh she didn't mean it she's fine whatever yeah just what a best friend does (laughs) (laughs) yeah she may have killed 50 people i didn't see it personally what murder (laughs) and then the next scene is they're dropping dorinda off and Dorinda keeps pretending that she lives somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Well, she lives in the building that she's being dropped off at, but she lives in the side of the building. Like her foster dad is a, a super, the super mm-hmm. of the building. And so she's just hiding a lot about herself. She's in, she feels embarrassed about 
the fact that she lives in a foster home and that she doesn't know her family and she just thinks the girls will judge her mm-hmm. so she doesn't tell anybody and then I- we the next scene is galleria arguing with her mom because her mom's like no you're not going to that recording company no mm-hmm. absolutely not school first and galleria is just like well, what the opportunity is here now. I get good grades. Like, why can't I? And her after her dad kind of defends her, Dorothea concedes that she can go and, and take the meeting with Jackal Johnson. But doesn't she say that she has to go with her, though? Yes. Yeah. Does or is that later? I just I feel like there's yeah, a contingency I think that later. So yeah. they're having the argument and it's mostly about like you know I should be able to like eat dessert or something along those lines like I Mm -hmm. should enjoy the spoils of life if I put in all this effort to make my group good and we get an opportunity to get a recording contract don't ruin this for me by being a mom and Dorothea's main thing which I I always love this and this is a discussion that my mom and I have about this movie because I force my mom to watch this movie with me every now and then (laughs) Dorothea very much pushes you've got to go to school complete Mm -hmm. high school complete college like I need you to get a degree and my mom is always the one that kind of points out because Dorothea has a career as a seamstress and before that she was a fashion designer. My mom seems to think that Dorothea as a character never went to college, mm. that she moved from home, maybe a small town, um, and moved to New York with dreams of becoming a fashion designer. And when then her career didn't work out the way that she wanted it to, she had nothing to fall back on. Mm. And so I think my mom kind of always just says, She's pushing her daughter to be better than she was, or at least have more opportunities than she did. Mm-hmm. And or not suffered the way that she yeah. did. Yeah. So because Galleria is so mu- very much about her dreams, which is a beautiful thing. Dorothy is like, I'm not trying to kill your dreams. I just need you to understand that there needs to be more to your dreams. Yes. Yeah. Plan B. <laughs> right. Something. Just in All case. And then we see Chanel uh with her mom and they're doing their skincare routine and i was immediately like that's noxema that they're putting on their face it's so 2000 <laughs> noxema was that shit it really worked <laughs> and to this day people still say like it's the secret thing that they use mm-hmm. i don't know what's in that thing but that was the only thing i used in high school was Noxema and the pads. The clear cell pads. Yeah, that was yeah. it. If we it works, need to talk works. about 90s, 2000s skincare. <laughs> <laughs> In my family, put some Vaseline. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Slugging before slugging was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so Chanel's mom talks to her and she's like let's go shopping tomorrow because Chanel kind of calls her out like you've been spending all this time with this new boyfriend and I haven't seen you so her mom's like let's go shopping tomorrow we'll do a little shopping spree and so Chanel's super excited about that and then mom drops this bomb that her new boyfriend Luke wants her to move to Paris and Chanel's like what the fuck (laughs) and then she's like you're bribing me with this shopping trip to get me all excited so that you can mm-hmm. drop this bomb on me. Like, that's not cool. And I do like that Chanel kind of calls her mom out when she's being this lovesick puppy. Yeah. And plus, like, you what's the plan here? Y'all are moving to France. You leaving your kids? 
mm-hmm. because daddy looks like he's involved and does not feel like he gonna be okay with the kids gone this yeah. is the thing that makes me scream about these movies i cannot stand that in the second movie the sun disappears poochie's gone as as the second movie is concerned oh, no. there's no mention of him Juanita gets married and Poochie's not even there it's literally just not even a thought that Poochie is going to be with his mom which is strange I get it the father is involved but like that is a trip to live on two different continents and yeah. Poochie at the time in the first film is like eight nine you're going to put a 10 year old on a plane for 16 hours to Paris right Okay. <laughs> Justice for Poochie. <laughs> he was so cute. He was so cute. AKA Never seen him. Never Salta. seen him. <laughs> Never. I have to send you guys pictures of him. The poor child. <laughs> so the next day we're at um, school again. The school paper wants to interview them because now they're hot shit. They got this meeting with Jackal Johnson and and, and then Derek comes around again and Galleria is just like, if he can't respect my art, he can't have my heart. <laughs> like and that needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> sew it on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oof. And then there's this whole discussion because they're back in the cafeteria. Again, because Aqua's whole personality is Texas, she carries around a bottle of hot sauce with her, which is not unheard of. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, did Beyonce steal this get... from the Cheetah Girls? Right. Maybe it's just a Texas personality trait. It might it's a Houston. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm guessing she's from Houston. Yes. But yeah, I was like, hold on. Did she pull hot sauce out of her bag? I will say when we were in college, we did steal hot sauce from the cafeteria and we kept it with us when we would go back and forth because mm-hmm. you, you just need to touching that. Like we you were want fine. a fresh bottle. It was a fresh bottle. Well, that's what I'm saying. You keep it oh. with you so you know only your germs are on it. That Not too. Community germs. Yeah. And also, we were too poor to buy hot sauce. <laughs> hot sauce is like a buck ninety nine. We were too poor <laughs> to buy hot sauce. We had to take our monies and put it in places that mattered, like getting a new outfit every freaking weekend. Could yes. not wear the same thing. You My nana was sending me traveler's checks, thinking it was going towards books. I was getting me some new outfits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, nana. All the blazers for the club. Girl. <laughs> Well, I don't think it was Blazers time yet because it was like still early 2000s. That was like 2006-ish. Yes, I was business casual at the club. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It it makes sense because I am an old lady at heart. And so I carry around emergency sweet and low in case people don't have sweet and low at restaurants. You got that from your mom though. Well, mom carries around her popcorn salt. She doesn't care about sweetener, but her popcorn salt. Then I got that from your mom. Yeah. (laughs) I always have to consider also, they're in high school. No high school lunch is appetizing. No. No. 
I don't care how, no, even maybe private schools, but this is a performing arts school. Starving artists is a trope for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. And no high school has hot sauce. So no. if you want some, it's B-Y-O-H-S. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Galleria gives her shit about the hot sauce. And like, doesn't she take it away from her? Yes. So here is where it's very interesting in the dynamics. Because it's almost saying to her, you're being too black. And we need to tone that down if mm-hmm. we're going to be famous mm-hmm. without saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I peeped that. I was like, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, there's a control factor to it. And also they have two very different experiences. Again, this all feels like there's underlying things from the book that I wish they would have talked about because in the books, Aqua's father is a widower but had just gotten married to a woman who was from Africa, not African-American. She was African. And so there's certain cultural aspects at home that Aqua has that are freer than I guess Galleria would be comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And Galleria is a control freak. I've made a video before that I said Galleria was a narcissist. I stand by it. I'm sorry. <laughs> especially when she was like I wrote Cinderella I started the Cheetah Girls I did this I did that and also her making herself the biggest picture oh. on their album I was like it's a group you're not that important <laughs> <laughs> so, but she's such a control freak in that moment and it always made me angry because they're children even right. if they do get famous right now you guys are 15 right and you're going to have a PR team. You're going to have a manager. Let them do all that. Yeah, You yeah. chill out a little bit. Well, Galleria, you didn't write Cinderella. <laughs> Somebody else did. Hell, you didn't yep. record it first. I5 did. Yep. <laughs> and then Play did, the Swedish group. And funny I- enough, Play, when they did their music video, Solange is in their music video. For Cinderella. And was this be this was before the movie came out or after? Yes, this is before the movie came out. I think uh, could be a conspiracy theory. Don't know. I, <laughs> I think that because it's Beyonce and Solange, they're both featured going backstage and talking to play in the music video. I think Solange was like, "Hey, B, I'm doing this movie. This song is featured in it. Can we go to this concert?" And so Solange was like, "Oh, I'm going to meet the girls who you know they sing this song. It's part of their set. Blah blah blah." But then she ended up not being in the movie. So it's just ah. a fun little tidbit that I'm like, why would you? Because what other reason would there be for Solange and Beyonce to be in this music video? Yeah, it's very random. After now we see Chanel having, or Galleria is having a full on diva fit, fit. And she's really ringing the girls the wrong way. Do they do they go to the studio yet? This is... So they go to the studio and they meet Jack. Johnson no that's not him Jackal Johnson um and this is like the first time that they get a glimpse that this that him and his team really want to almost change everything about them yeah and you can see Galleria just like having a meltdown that this is not her vision even though his vision is awful but she's like this is not aligned with what I want for the group and her original songs and me yeah while the and other Jack- girls are still open to like hearing him. Yeah. And Jackal kind of minimizes the whole situation. 
and makes it seem like being a recording artist is going to be so easy mm-hmm. because when he's like, oh, we'll rehearse on Thursday and then we'll record on Friday and we'll, you know, the demo will be made on. It's like timeout. Like right. you were building these girls that they're literal children. They're going to latch on to any amount of fame that you give them. Relax a little bit. Just yeah. chill. But I think but Jackal the- running full steam ahead just makes things worse for Galleria because she's immediately like, oh, well, somebody else gets it. So let's just go. No. <laughs> no well, no, no. and the reason why he's saying they could do it so quickly is because he wants them to lip sync. So it's yeah. not even them. Lip sync and wear masks. You just have to show up. You have to be a body. Yep. Yeah. That's what that was so weird. Like I would figure you'd either want one or the other. You mm-hmm. want our voices or our look. Mm-hmm. But you're literally like it could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how he got drawn to them was because of their voices, because he supposedly heard them from the hallway. Oh, so God. if you know we can sing, why are we lip syncing? Very valid question in the music industry. And I, I think we kind of merged the two studio scenes together, which I think we've talked about everything that happens, except for she walks in with dog poop on her shoe <laughs> and she calls it fudgy feet. Yeah. Which I did not care for. And she makes Chanel clean her shoe. That whole, I get it. They're the besties. Mm-hmm. They're, it's very clear that they're the two best friends. But I think it also uh, leans into Galleria kind of being a little bit of a narcissist because Chanel is like her helper. Chanel's not mm-hmm. on her same level. But also, she's just fully not listening to Chanel at all. The accent in the scene that Chanel does is hilarious to me. But Galleria, the Cheetah Girls are four people, gets me every single time. <laughs> because it's j- just gallery in there like i did i messed up i walked up and i have foot like there the other three girls have been here for 20 minutes you were late they're handling everything and jackal actually likes them you are making this very much about you when you're clearly not the most important person in this group not right. saying that she's not important to the group but like it is a group and later on when we get to the secondary studio scene he needs four of you because mm-hmm. he said he'll say you know oh we'll just move another singer to center mic and we'll get we'll grab another girl like everything is fine he just needs four of you so if you're replaceable stop worrying about what you what impression you are making mm-hmm. yeah it, the whole thing is insane and the and girls kind of, kind of put her in, like on notice at this point mm-hmm. yeah well, especially because in between the two studio scenes, this is where she really, because her head is so big now because Jackal wants a contract with them. He wants mm-hmm. to sign them. And this is where she goes in and like tells Drinka, um, opportunity is knocking. I have to answer <laughs> it. Like Drinka Champagne has been there, girl. She takes up a whole lunch eat. period yeah. to talk about her and her contract it's like man, lunch is an hour maybe not even that because this is high school so maybe like 35 minutes yeah. I just want to eat why are you at my table telling me about this contract that I don't care about yeah. right and they have like by the end of the day there are flyers up about like this cheetah girls troll site called mm-hmm. chompcheetah.com <laughs> so and that's what I need a shirt of chompcheetah.com chomp <laughs> 
Is it a real site? Let me look up right now. I would love it if it is. That's going to be in our store. <laughs> Disney can't sue us for that. No, there's no chompcheetah.com. We need Great to buy it. it now. Yep. <laughs> so the next scene is... Oh, and then also within that contact, Galeria starts going in on Dorinda's outfit, how she's wearing the same thing all the time. I put together some fits. You need, like, this is not optional. You need to up your fashion game. And she makes a comment about how she's mostly a dancer. And so Dorinda's like, fuck this shit, like rips up the vision board mm-hmm. and like she's like I gotta get to dance class since I'm just a dancer and she like pieces out I, I think this is when Aqua's like I thought you were gonna take care of this to Chanel, to Chanel. Yeah. Miss Chanel sh- the time yeah. is now <laughs> <laughs> okay that was a line <laughs> the acting was boring until she got to be mean yeah cause like, it wasn't I acting this feels familiar. This is me. <laughs> this is my time. <laughs> it's my time to shine. Watch out. And, and she then, does. She goes in. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Oh, Chanel goes home and she sees uh, a note from her mom that she's out with Luke. Go buy mm-hmm. something on me. And, and so, she takes that literally and really hits the streets and runs up that credit card. And I don't think it's right away that her mom sees the credit card bill, but when she does. Yeah. Oof. So Oof. Chanel only reads half of the letter, which bothers me. Every time I watch the movie, you can pause it and see the full letter. And Chanel skips like three or four sentences and it does not care. Also, that's how you also know that Poochie, again, is with the father. Pick up Poochie from school and take him to his father. Like, it's like, do you not care about your brother at all? Like, just, he's irrelevant to Chanel. Mm-hmm. But then she takes that credit card and she just goes. And I also have to think about, granted, I get that she's a 15-year-old girl. And maybe because her mom has been a model, she's used to like the finer things in life. What are you spending money on? <laughs> because i you not walking into what i mean maybe you would go into chanel that makes sense but like what what are you buying burberry purses i need to understand what you're spending money on at 15 and also because dorothea designs and makes a lot of their performing outfits what do you need a fashion show at school for yeah right honestly i would have been at claire's (laughs) wet seal and that would have been like, wow, I'm doing something, you know? If you want to rebel, get all the piercings your mom told you no. Yeah. I, I you know, Christine was very lucky because I was afraid of needles. So <laughs> I wasn't getting tattoos or any piercing. The piercings I have in my ear are the piercings that my parents, I say, tortured me with as a baby. <laughs> I said, that's child neglect. <laughs> Why would you do that to, like, I want my child to be old enough to know if they want these things or not yep trauma poor (laughs) baby and they're fucking uneven (laughs) you can't get that fixed it's different than a tattoo that you can no so i just rock with these holes 
That's our shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I just rock with these holes. (laughs) So uh, Chanel does see this little leopard vest that is a must buy, but she's like, everyone has leopard. Let me give this to Dorothea. So she goes to Dorothea's building where the doorman tells her, oh, she lives around the alley. And she's like, alleyway. <laughs> she's I've never even good. been down an alley. <laughs> What's around there? <laughs> and then we have, which I, it could have been a really great discussion about like foster care and the foster system. But it's just played off as like a couple of lines. We find out that Dorothea has a foster mom. She lives with 10 kids. And and she kind of puts Chanel in her place a little bit. And she's like, at least you have a mom to come home to, even though she's kind of in her own world right now type thing. But I just feel like it was such a missed opportunity to have a grander discussion other than I wasn't wanted. Yeah. Like kind of explaining her experience in foster or even like this is my third foster family in two years. That's why I moved from school to school a lot. Just mm-hmm. something to kind of give her character more of a backstory. Yeah. And Dorinda is the character in the movies that is the least featured. There's not a lot of plot points about Dorinda, whereas in the books, Dorinda's character is one of the best characters because Dorinda's also biracial. So in the books, Gallery is biracial and Dorinda's biracial, but Dorinda doesn't know what her background is because she was left as a baby by her mom. So she has no idea who she is. So that's why she has, that's why you end up with the line, I'm not black, I'm not white, I don't even know what I am line in the movie. It's because in the books, she genuinely does not know what she is. And then also in the books, when Dorinda is narrating her own book, her half-sister, I think it's on her mom's side, starts reaching out to her to kind of tell her, hey, this is who we are. Come home, start talking to the family more, this, that, and third. Like, let me explain to you why mom left you, what's going on, who you are, that kind of thing. But get kind of none of that. And it does, like, this is supposed to be the emotional pinnacle of the movie, but then there's no real meat there because there's nothing that they can say that has any weight because they watered it down from the books. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of the books, can we talk about the author and how Disney like fucked her over? Yep. Absolutely. Yep. So I reached out to her. I think this was maybe like two, three years ago. It was when I like first started making videos on TikTok about the Cheetah Girls. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, your books like literally shaped my entire childhood like a large part of my personality is based on you know the cheetah girls and all of their personality types what can I do to support you and she was like well to be honest with you I didn't make a lot of move make a lot of money when the movies started to be developed um they kind of just gave me a flat rate was like here that's what we're going to pay you because we don't know if this movie is going to be successful and she was like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because when you're young, especially when you sell your first big thing, you're like, whatever money that they offer me is whatever I'm going to take. So she was like, the best way to support me is to buy the original books. 
that would, you know, help me out a little bit. If you can push for Disney to maybe make a new series or to update the films, that would be great. Give me some type of access back into the world of the Cheetah Girls. Love her. It just, it breaks my heart. When I, but I mean, I've, Disney's done it with a bunch of writers. When yeah. they develop something from a book, they do not pay the writer what they're supposed to be paying them. So does Disney own the rights of Cheetah Girls altogether or could she take it somewhere else? I think they own the film and TV rights because there was supposed to be a Cheetah Girls TV show. Mm. But the TV show never came to fruition. But because Disney owns those rights, you can't do anything with it. Yeah. 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 So that's why she definitely pushes for people to read the original books. Because if you purchase the original books, not the ones with the film Cheetah Girls on the cover, that all of that money goes to her. Disney. I'll yep. tell you. It is a corporation. It's yeah. still capitalism. <laughs> yeah. It is. <laughs> so now, you know, we see the girls bond. And I think Gallery is starting to see the error in her ways. But also the other girls realize that mm-hmm. and his idea of what the Cheetah Girls could be is not something that they're interested in. And mm-hmm. they and turn, end up turning him down. And then Galleria actually is taking the, what's the pup's name? Toto. Taking Toto out for a walk. And she sees like that they're already announcing the new Cheetah Girl or whatever the name of the group is. Because it's not Cheetah Girls. It's something else. The global get down. Yeah. My God. (laughs) So she's. (laughs) Yes. So then she's um, kind of enamored seeing it in the store window or whatever. And of course, they're trying to make whatever this street is. Pretend it's New York. I know it's not. (laughs) Um. And then Toto gets loose. Mm -hmm. And this whole, this, I was with this movie till this part. Cause I'm like. giving baby Jessica in the well if baby (laughs) Jessica was a dog. It was giving passions. Like it was giving (laughs) a whole arc on the show passions Mm -hmm. because it was so ridiculous. And so long. It was so long. So long. And the. Okay, first and foremost, the fact that she's like, the dog is in the hole and the pose, like, yeah, we down to get the dog and the dog's not moving. And now it's on fucking television mm-hmm. and all the girls see it on television and, and they're like, running we got to help. To... Right. Yeah. But they are in a coordinated outfit situation. Mm-hmm. So y'all are all wearing your leopard warm-up suits yep Mm -hmm. with the matching headband ear warmer Mm -hmm. and i i think it's hilarious that aqua took the train and wherever she came out of that fake train entrance again not new york ridiculous i said y'all had me now y'all are singing for the dog Mm -hmm. because all this time he had a way of getting out and now he's out and guess what? We're going to stop the streets of New York and we're going to perform in this mother. Everybody's going to come out. Yep. Gallery da- saw those news cameras and was like, <laughs> music video. This is our moment. This is our moment. We're Cheetah Girls. We're sisters. 
<laughs> and we're gonna sing it loud and sing it proud we're gonna do the weird like slow motion where the like it trails behind you we got all the effects and Keely, I guess the Keely said that the producers were like crying because they were so nervous that she was gonna fall. I was like, I doubt anyone was crying, Keely. No one was crying. Dear Lord. <laughs> um, no one was crying. But Granted, she was you were dancing on a taxi that was soaking. A wet, wet car, like, yeah. But I can I I feel like it was a situation where the taxi was not wet. And Keely was like, you know what would be great is <laughs> if I slid across. <laughs> the hood of this taxi and it's wet and everybody was like you are not the star of this movie (laughs) there had to be something there she had to prove that when they cast her secondarily they did the right thing yeah i i started watching this and then ken came in and exclaimed that's a raven and i was like yes that is raven simone and she also stars in that's so raven mm-hmm. and then he sits down and he's watching he's like but really what is this <laughs> <laughs> and i was like i just have to watch it and get through it mm-hmm. and then at the end when they start to start talking about cutting the gas line he's like not the gas line. <laughs> he was he was just being overly dramatic about like the entire cheetah girls movie and then when it was over, it's you know how Disney Plus pops up like, would you like to watch yeah. Cheetah Girls too? And he's like, there's more of them. I'm like, there's three or four of these movies. Yep. <laughs> yep. And he's like, but why though? Like, really Wait, how many movies are there? There's three. Okay. And they get oh. more dramatic every single time. Because <laughs> in the second movie, you find out that Luke doesn't actually live in paris he lives in spain and you're like well then why bring up paris that makes yeah. no sense like there's so many like drop plot points <laughs> aside from poochie which i'm not letting it go <laughs> <laughs> well, but we saw then... that dog again huh no actually oh. you don't surprisingly but because they spend most of the second movie in spain they say Toto's at like a dog babysitter or something like that. Dorothea's like, I'll call his personal tummy scratcher every single day. And you're like, oh, they got money. <laughs> but you don't me. mention a Poochie the human. No. Right. And it drives me mad because there's a literal wedding at the end of Cheetah Girls 2. It's a deleted scene or like an additional scene, something like that. And there's a whole wedding where you watch Juanita get married to Luke. Poochie is not there. And you're like, why do you hate your son? <laughs> I just need to understand why you hate him. But that guess who's is... performing at their wedding? The Cheetah Girls. Of course. <laughs> well, I think the... they just did the parent trap. They're like, you keep one, I keep another. Yep. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then in the middle of their music video, here comes Derek with a guitar solo. Mm-hmm. For no reason. And then very we see fucking Derek again. Yeah. Do you not? No, nope. no, he's not in the other movies. That's nope. why I'm like, we were. It felt like we were getting something, and we did not. Nope. We do get a cut, or like a cut scene where we see like r- other record execs yelling at Jackal that he blew it. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think <laughs> it's in the middle of the dance break. Yep, in the middle of the music video. Yeah, 
And then this is where Galleria and Dare kiss very awkwardly. Yes. Um, oh, and then Galleria's like, you didn't take the deal? And they're like, no, why would we take the deal? And it was all a big misunderstanding. And then for some reason, even though they did not perform in the talent show, they still get to win the talent show and get yep. first prize and a tiny disco ball. Granted, who were they competing against? <laughs> because if nobody else in that talent show had any actual talent, <laughs> yes, I'm giving the award over there. <laughs> Also, she, Galleria does, a she does apologize to yes, she her teacher. Yes. But I did write bad behavior is rewarded when they Correct. get first place in the talent yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> oh boy. Cheetah-rific. Woof. Cheetah Girls, Cheetah Pals. <laughs> Let's see what other fun facts we missed along the way. Another person that was who auditioned for the film was Journey Smollett, which mm-hmm. I would have loved to see. Yeah. Um, Sabrina did read for all four lead characters before getting the role of Dorinda. Like I said, it was shot in Toronto mostly and some scenes in Manhattan. I want to know what scenes were in Manhattan because I didn't see it. It looked like New York to me, Danielle. No, Jackie. <laughs> Just the exterior shots. As long as they could get a nice little visual of Statue of Liberty, they were like, yeah. that works. That's good. That's our Manhattan. We're cool. No, we established. I was, I was like, that's Canada, bitch. I ain't never been there, but I know it's Canada. And the soundtrack was almost not going to happen. Their original contracts were just were for just the movie. So they had to go back in and do different signage for the soundtrack music. And Deborah Martin Chase explained to executives at Disney Channel that they had original music prepared for the film. And she was the one that really pushed to make it a soundtrack. Why would you not have a soundtrack? They weren't. It's just like, I think they never did it before. Like now we look at stuff, but for a decom, they had never done it so it they were just like why would we kind of waste the money on production of this stuff like they didn't have the vision but she convinced them and now like it's a part of their marketing scheme yeah but i I just think it was because they didn't know all right so before we get into our ratings anjali just tell people one more time where they can find you on social Anjali Desiree on TikTok. A lot of my content is decom based. So if you enjoy this podcast, please go to my TikTok. And as usual, you can check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Threads. And let's get into our ratings. All right. So we'll start with you, Anjali. Mm-hmm. What is your present day rating of Cheetah Girls? It's still would buy again. <laughs> uh, love what you love. And there's no, there's, you don't have to explain yourself. Yep. <laughs> How about uh, you, Danielle? <laughs> I don't want to get murdered. Here's the thing. I didn't, I watched it without the nostalgia. I think I can look at it. I mean, it's a decom, so it's not like I was looking for Oscar nominees here. But I do like the representation for so many girls 
and the positivity that it had. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say two day rental instead of same day rental. I I'm afraid you guys have to understand when I was watching this movie, it was like someone was behind me with a gun. That's how my sister was acting. Watching was she this watching movie. you watch the movie? Yes. <laughs> like it. I dare you. I'm Which not a. F- I have for- questions <laughs> because to know Serena is to love her <laughs> but Serena is like the most sarcastic emo horror loving person you have ever met she will cut you and laugh about it and yeah. like how does Serena like the cheetah girls how is this in her world this is a core child <laughs> movie for her and mm-hmm. my sister has a lot of duality you never She's... know what you're going to get. Serena is always surprising a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a gun to my head about this motherfucking cheetah girls and <laughs> I could not express myself. But knowing that she does not listen to the episodes, I feel safe in my rating. <laughs> I'm going to text her about the cheetah girls. Serena <laughs> is going to kill us. Um, for me, same type of sentiment, but I'm not going to be as nice as Danielle and give it a two day. I'm sorry. It's the same day rental for me, (laughs) but I do have those movies. Like I maintain there's nothing wrong with a kid in King Arthur's court and everyone disagrees with me. So I I feel you. You like what you like. It's awful. (laughs) (laughs) So if you have opinions on decoms we're doing cheetah girls this week and then in a couple weeks we're doing brink so if you have any other decom requests want to talk about your love for decoms your experience watching cheetah girls being in the cheetah fandom hit us up at our quick drop 909601 and mlf 909601 twat us at the twitters hem us at the threads or leave a message on our Spotify for Podcasters account and you could be a feature, you could be featured on a future episode. Thank you, Anjali, again for joining us. We always love having you on the show. <laughs> you are always welcome. We're glad that, that you got to let your cheetah girl power out for the world to see. Yes, I will. <laughs> I'm sorry we're not gonna do the second one. We may, you never know. We <laughs> may. I always have a lot to say about the cheetah girls. I will always be here if you need me. <laughs> well, I love how oh, the wealth of knowledge we both did, like you brought the facts and that was fun because we didn't really see any of the same things that you had. So yeah. And as always, be cheaterific and be kind and rewind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>